There are five things you need to be doing or start doing if you want to establish a positive financial foundation. This easy to remember list covers everything you really need to start building generational wealth and to craft your financial legacy. Listen in, get a pen, and let's jump in. Let's make green What's up, guys? Welcome to Black and Brown Make Green. I'm Damien, and I'm joined by my lovely wife and co-host, Natasha. Natasha, say hello to the peeps. What up? All right, so this episode is about five things that we think you should do with your money. And this discussion sort of started when we were in the midst of the pandemic, and Natasha and I were discussing things that we wished we could have done a little bit better, maybe changed, or just in general things that we wished we had done with our money. And uh, Natasha, why don't you get started with the first one? Yes, we were reminded of this first lesson earlier this year during the 2021 Texas snowstorm. And it all began on a Thursday afternoon around 2 p.m. We're sitting in our house and we're cozy and the electricity goes out. So we look outside, it's raining out there, it's cold, there's ice everywhere because the rain is just starting to freeze because it's so cold. The temperatures are, are below freezing. Right. And we think, all right, the electricity should be back on by midnight, so we should be fine. We'll light a fire and we'll be good because we had actually dealt with this a month prior when we had a snow and they were able to bring the lights back up by midnight mm -hmm. and the lights had went out around the same time 2 p.m back in january so we were like okay not a big deal we'll wake up in the morning be nice and toasty right but we woke up the next morning to a cold house very cold and not only was it cold that morning it was cold all day long no electricity until about 4 30 p.m the next day so we went 24 hours without power mm -hmm. and then we got the power back on and we were like, oh, yes, we good. We back cozy. We back warm. And we're ready for this snow that's about to come in the next couple of days. Right. Because in the weather forecast, it was predicted for snow. So we get through Saturday. All good. No electricity issues. Get through Sunday. Everything's good. No electricity issues. But we do get an alert from the power grid operators around 10 p.m. And they were saying that we were getting close to the capacity for the amount of power in the state of Texas. And so we needed to try to reduce our consumption and we should expect rolling outages. Right. OK, that'll work. We might be out of power for a couple of hours, but we're going to have power for a couple of hours. So everything was good. Sunday morning, we're sleeping, and then around 2 a.m., we lose power again. We wake up in the morning, around 8 a.m., we still don't have power. Right. We're sitting around the house. We're waiting for them to roll the power back on. Mm -hmm. It's noon. We still don't have any power. Right. So at this point, we are cold. It is freezing outside. It is four to five inches of snow on the ground, and we not prepared for this. Right. We're all bundled up. We have a fire going in the fireplace, but it is still so cold. Like I am so cold. I can still imagine myself with my warm fuzzy boots on, with my layers of socks on, my layers of clothes on, and I was still cold. Mm -hmm. And at the time, our baby was only three months old. 
So I was like, this baby is probably cold as well. So once we get to noon, we were like, okay, we have to think of other options. And that's when we decided to rent an Airbnb and spend our time there so that we could be warm. So we found an Airbnb, found one that had power and utilized that emergency fund so that we could get through the cold days. Yeah, and we acted fast at the time because little did we know this outage would last for a few more days. And Mm -hmm. people would be doing the exact same thing. They'd be trying to do the exact same thing that we were doing Mm -hmm. because there was a run on these Airbnbs. There's a run on kind of any habitable habitable place Mm -hmm. with heat for the next foreseeable three or four days. Yeah, it was like three days without power. And what we finally realized, what they finally came back and told us was, oh, we cannot do rolling outages in our area. They were doing it in some places of the state, but in our area, they were like, we cannot do rolling outages. The places that have power are the critical areas that need to have power, such as hospitals, and we can't turn them off. There's nothing else we can turn off so that we can turn on power to those of you who have already lost power. So we would have been out of luck if we did not have that emergency fund. Right, and the the roads where I see, like these Texas roads aren't uh, equipped with, uh, the salt trucks to be able to let you drive. So like, we're kind of trapped and you know, we had to think quickly. We had to move quickly. And the thing that let us, it it enabled us to do this was having and utilizing our emergency fund. And we're not going to harp too much on the emergency fund because we have talked about the emergency fund before, but there are a couple of key things for the emergency fund that you need to know. You want it to be three to six months of your expenses. And then it's in order to be able to pay for things such as an unexpected time where you need to get a room because something's going wrong in your home mm-hmm. or it may be used because of a loss of income, reduced income or some other unexpected emergency repair or health issue. Right, right. And let's move on to number two which relates to your streams of income. Yeah, so you should try to have multiple streams of income. Uh, Natasha and I are always trying to dream big and think of ways to to bring in additional streams of income. For example, uh, I think it was 2009 when we had this, I, I think this was your idea. Mm-hmm. Natasha had this uh, this bright idea of a modern twist on speed dating. Yeah, and I had been researching this uh, idea. I had even reached out to like restaurants that could host the speed dating event. Mm-hmm. And we had come up with the name and it was called Modern Mingle. Right. And so if you look back into some of my old notebooks where I would do my little sketches, I had the name Modern Mingle written down. I had the ideas of what we were going to do with Modern Mingle. And then Damien had been working on figuring out the website and the logistics of scheduling the different, the speed dating, uh, the way it was going to work out. Right. Yeah, I had the domain name registered. Everything was kind of ready and primed, except, you know, we hadn't actually built it out yet. Yeah. And then it just, for whatever reason, it didn't quite come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And an ironic thing, <laughs> fast forward, Probably six, seven years later, I'm driving through our neighborhood and I see these signs and they're the signs that you notice on the side of the road. They're stuck in the ground Mm -hmm. and it says Modern Mingle, modernmingle.com. And I was like, hold up. 
that's my company. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I, I rush home because I'm driving. And then as soon as I get home, I look at the website and I'm like, they literally are doing the pretty much the exact same thing that I came up with. Like, did I lose my notebook? Did they find my notebook and start yeah. doing my idea? Yeah, we found ourselves in a weird alternative dimension. Yeah, <laughs> it was very weird. And and it, it that turned out to be a loss for us, but someone else still capitalized on it. I always think that it, it was very crazy that they came up with the exact same name as us. And the fact that the company was so close to us mm -hmm. because the company was based about an hour and a half, two hour drive from where we live. Yeah. So I, I just thought it was very ironic. But anyhow, that was one of the many stories we have of mm -hmm. trying to generate extra streams of income. Yeah. Give us another one. What, what's what's one that you can remember? Oh, another one uh, came about during the pandemic. I was like, OK, everybody's working from home especially in our neighborhood. We have a lot of people who are working from home. I love to cook. and She's a good cook. So how about I make these taco lunches and then I will offer them up to the neighbors and make me some extra cash flow. Yeah. So I start looking into the laws to make sure that I can do this and that I'm not going to run into any hiccups whenever I try to start selling my tacos. Mm -hmm. And they shut me down. Shut it down. They shut me down. <laughs> what I learned was about the cottage food law in in that you can make things from your home that are like baked goods or things that don't need to be refrigerated yeah. but because like mine was a hot meal it wasn't something that i could legally do from my home yeah so you're gonna have to wait for those black and brown tacos <laughs> yeah yeah you, you remember that vending machine idea oh yes yeah okay so yep. we have another one so, so, another people stole our stuff yeah we had this idea of placing some vending machines uh, one day we're driving at a strip mall and it's one of the strip malls where kind of the stores are outside and there's parking lots pretty much everywhere. And we see an open spot where a vending machine would go. Actually, where two vending machines would go. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we, we didn't know anything about vending machines or the, that, that business or whatever. But we said, I bet you we could put some vending machines there. We saw an opportunity. Yeah. So Natasha messaged the owner of the strip mall the property manager mm -hmm. and said, can we place some vending? You, you, do you want your black and brown vending machines? And what happened, Tosh? I didn't get a response because I, I left a message. She didn't answer the phone call. So I just left a message and then I didn't follow back up. Yeah. And then maybe a month later, we drive into the shopping center because it's close by our house. So we went to, to visit the shopping center and lo and behold, Somebody was delivering some vending machines. Right in front of our very eyes. <laughs> it was offensive. We were like, they, they stole our vending machine spot. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even get a message back, a no thank you or anything. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we are always trying to generate extra income. And, and obviously, we, we don't always succeed. Yeah, we got a lot of harebrained ideas. <laughs> And they don't always work out. But the, the fact of the matter is that we are working towards it. Yeah. And we also do have some things that we have been able to be successful with mm -hmm. and generate some income. So, Damien, do you want to share a couple of those things? Yeah. So the first for us has been leveraging my company's RSUs uh, as, a, as an additional stream of income. They, they grant me RSUs and they invest over a certain period of time. Uh, and that's been great. That's been a... Kind of a, a godsend and let us kind of unlock 
different paths in life for us. Yeah. And those that money that comes in, those RSUs, we take that and we immediately invest it into the stock market. Yeah. So it's not just that we get granted the RSUs, but we use them to grow money. Right. We put them in the stock market into low cost index funds. And then that's that's one of the ways that we generate income. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tosh, you have an interesting one. With Teachers Pay Teachers. Yeah, when I was a teacher, I would sometimes create different products to use with my kids or activities to do with my kids in my classroom. And so I just decided, why don't I put this on Teachers Pay Teachers to sell it? So Teachers Pay Teachers is a website where you can upload activities and things that you do for uh, your classroom students and you can sell them and make money. And so I have a couple of products on there. Some of them I've made available for free, but some of them are paid. And each month I will get a little bit of a check from Teachers Pay Teachers from the sales that I do on on that website. Yeah, and recently we've been selling stuff on Nextdoor too, which is a, a community neighborhood app. And, you know, Natasha had a lot of purses. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, we said we said we could sell those. So we yeah, listed them and, and you know they sold. It was, it was nice. Okay, and besides selling on next door, we also we just do honest work. And Damien works on the neighbor's yard. <laughs> There's a funny story to this too. One day I was, you know, I do my own yard, and uh, Natasha does it sometimes too. But I was weed eating one day, and I look up. You know, I have my headphones in. And, you know, my cap on because I'm, you know, it's hot out there. So I kind of tune everything out. But then I look out of the corner of my eye and I see my neighbor kind of just standing next to me, which is kind of weird for when you're weed eating. But I I immediately know that she needs some help. So she starts pointing at the the weed eater and she asks me if I can help her with hers. Uh, she, She doesn't speak. She speaks broken English. So... You know, I, I have a little bit of trouble communicating back and telling her how to turn hers on and how to use it effectively. So I just say, I just volunteer and say, hey, I'll just I'll just do your yard for you. I'll do the weed eating for you. It won't take me more than 30 minutes or an hour. So I go ahead and do that. And then by the time that I'm finished, uh, her husband comes out and says, hey, why don't you, you know, do the weed eating and, the, and cutting our grass and we'll give you some money for that. We'll pay you for that. And I've been doing that for a few years now and it's been been kind of great. Yeah. And that's another one of our income streams. And if you are considering how can you get started with the income stream, then one of the places that I say start with is your main job. Mm -hmm. What are the skills that you're already using on your main job? For me, it was creating worksheets and creating activities for the classroom. And I use that to create income. And so that's one thing you can do is look at what are you already doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that I try to focus on are my hobbies because, you know, I spend a lot of time trying to do music production and, you know, hopefully one day I'll be able to sell, sell beats on some marketplace like beat stars, but haven't quite done, haven't quite gotten that good yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's the intention is, you know, you, you look for an opportunity and you find ways to capitalize on your talents, whether those are, you know, the things that you use day to day in your job or the things that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. We have friends who have a variety of different income streams. They have their main jobs and then they have additional things on the side. 
I have a cousin in Dallas who is into photography and he's been honing his, his skills into that. Yeah. And so he is using his photography to generate extra income. Yeah. And I've got a friend who's into real estate investing. He likes to snatch up these Austin duplexes, talks about how many doors he has. But yeah, he, he uses this and, you know, he works a job also, like he has a nine to five, mm-hmm. but he uses these as a, an additional source of income. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things you could do. You could do transcriptions. You could do rideshare or delivery. Mm-hmm. You could rent your vehicle out on one of these vehicle rental sites or, you know, just use whatever skills you have to try to increase your income, to have some additional income coming in. All right. So number two was to have multiple streams of income. And this next one is all about planning. You need to have a plan in order to know what's going on with your money. Right. And that starts with having a budget. Right. If you don't know how much money you're spending, then there's no way to know if you're overspending each month or if you're saving money each month. And so you want to have a budget. You want to start by writing down all of your expenses to figure out what you're really spending and what you're spending that money on. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, when we had our first kid, I kind of let our budget go by the wayside. I wasn't really checking in on it. And then when I finally got back around to checking in on it, I was shocked by the amount of money we were spending on food. And that included groceries and eating out Mm -hmm. and it was just like wait a second we spend how much on food it was a lot so you may be shocked by some of your numbers a lot of times we think oh well i think i spend about you know five hundred dollars a month or whatever but until you sit down go over your credit card statement go over your bank statement you're not really going to know so it's really important that you sit down you go over those expenses and then you figure out how can you adjust it so that you can start saving money as well as knowing that you're going to have enough to spend. Right, right, right. Yeah, and the next one is to have a plan for investing. When we were looking for a house, we've been living in a house for, what, six or seven years now? Mm-hmm. When we were initially looking for one, we intended to put a down payment down payment of 20% and to also have, you know, a nice emergency fund built up. So... After buying the house, we we ended up buying a house. And after we bought that house, we were sort of kind of saving without any intention. We weren't being intentional with our money. We were just kind of saving. And the money was just sitting in a savings account, really. It wasn't growing. It wasn't keeping up with inflation. Right. Because it was just sitting there. And we didn't really know what we're going to do with it. We were just saving money to be saving money. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember you approached me and said, hey, I was reading about this book called The Bogleheads Guide to Investing. And at the same time, I had been, you know, on Reddit, like I always am, and they pointed me to the to the Bogleheads website. Mm-hmm. So we kind of came to the same conclusion at the same time. And we realized that we needed to have an investing strategy and put that plan in place immediately. Mm-hmm. It lit a fire under us. Yeah, we we both read the book, Bogleheads Guide to Investing, Mm -hmm. as well as Damien was on the forum for Bogleheads, and we immediately started investing. 
And when we started, we didn't have it all figured out. I mean, we're still figuring out as we go, Mm -hmm. but we didn't have a solid investing plan. We were just like, okay, we know that we need to start investing and we know that we want to invest in low cost index funds. And for us, those are index funds that have an expense ratio of about 0.06 or lower. Right. So things that aren't going to charge us a lot of fees to be investing our money. And we jumped right into investing and that was us starting our investing plan and then we have continued to develop that investing plan and it's become more clear now that we've done additional reading we've done additional research and so stock market investing is one way that you can invest that's one investing plan but that's not the only way to make money it's not the only way to invest your money so you just need to decide what is your risk tolerance right and what is the thing that you're interested in in order to make money that could be real estate, it could be stocks or the stock market like we do, or it could be investing in your own business. And so you just have to decide for you how you're going to invest. Yeah, do the research. And then the next plan that you should have and develop is a plan for health issues or death. This is something a lot of people don't want to talk about. Yeah, this is a tough one. They don't want to think about dying. Yeah. They don't want to think about having health issues. But for me, it's really personal mm-hmm. because I have a personal experience with both of these issues. My brother was killed by a drunk driver before he was 25. Right. And my mom was diagnosed with cancer when she was 30. Mm-hmm. And given and she what, six given months to live? Six months to live yeah. at the time. And it was a miracle that she was survived longer than that. But death was imminent in her case without the treatment that her doctor was able to provide. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to think about these issues because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to come your way. Right. And so along with having a will, there are two things that I would recommend looking into a power of attorney and also a medical power of attorney. Right. And whenever you have a power of attorney, it allows someone else to make decisions on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And in the in the sense of a medical power of attorney, if you are incapacitated, if you are in a coma, if you have brain damage and you're not able to make decisions for yourself, then this is going to give whoever you choose the ability to make decisions for you. Right. And If you happen to get in that situation, I think you'd want it to be someone who's close to you and who really knows you than just it being assigned by the courts or, you know, assigned by uh, the people outside of your your will. And so it would be wise to look into having a plan for this, having a will set up so that hopefully your wishes will be abided by. Yeah, and maybe you could look into uh, getting legal insurance because sometimes they provide this service that will cover this for you. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, When we were researching getting our will done, we learned about something in Texas called Texas Legal Insurance. And if you sign up for Texas Legal Insurance, it's about $400 a year. And one of the things included is the ability to get your will done. Right. And that is a, a still of a deal. Yeah, because a lot of times you're going to pay thousands, thousands of dollars yeah. for a will, probably two to three thousand dollars for a will. And if you get that Texas legal insurance, then you could pay just a couple of hundred dollars and have your will done. And you don't have to subscribe to it every year, but just pay for it that one year. Get your will done and it's taken care of. 
and they may have something like that in other states as well, mm -hmm. but I'm not completely sure. Yeah, so there you have it. You need to have a budget. You need to have a savings and investment strategy. You need to have a will and or the documents for unexpected health or death. And you need to revise your plan as needed. All right. And with that, we are going to move on to number four, which is to keep an updated resume. Right. And let me tell you about resumes. Back when I was in college, I was in the College of Education, but I decided that I wanted to go to the business school's career fairs because the business school, they'd bring in the big companies like P&G, all the people who would give these internships that would pay like $25 an hour. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be there. I want to get some experience outside of just education. Mm -hmm. So I go to this career fair. I've got what I think is my resume. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm meeting these people, the representatives from the different companies. And I walk up to one, introduce myself, and I hand in my resume. And he goes, this is not a resume. Mm -hmm. You, you got to work on this. And I was not embarrassed. I was grateful. Yeah. Because I... I didn't know anything about resumes. Yeah, he didn't I, have to say that to you. He did not have to say anything. I could have been walking around there looking silly <laughs> the whole time. But he was like, he was nice enough to say, this is not how you want your resume to be done. And the other thing, luckily for me, I had a friend who was in the business school and she happened to be in the school that night at the career fair as well. And she was like, hey, I'm going to take you up to the computer lab, help you get your resume together. And I am forever grateful to that representative and to my friend from college who set me up with having a resume that worked. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And so if you if you need help with your resume, do not be afraid to reach out to somebody to get help. Right. And you could also look like if you have uh, Microsoft Word or Apple Pages, you know, they have templates that you can basically choose and start to fill in. And there's a ton of examples online. Mm -hmm. Don't try to do it blind. Find some that you like. Find some that are representative of the job that you want and use those as a point of reference. And keep that thing updated. Keep it updated. Keep when it opportunity ready. comes knocking, you have to be prepared to answer that door. So the next thing that we can suggest in this sort of realm is to have a portfolio that showcases your skills if you're in the creative job. And you can do that by, you know, one, filling out your LinkedIn profile. That gives you a lot of opportunity to showcase previous jobs, previous experience, previous projects. It takes a little bit of work and effort, but it's good to keep updated. Or you can go the route of creating a personal website. There's a lot of things like Wix or a lot of tools that are available and easy to use. So find a way to really showcase your skills. And then along with that, maintain connections with people in your network. Right. Yes, you want that resume to be updated, but you also want to be able to have people who can put your resume in front of the right people to get you into the job that you want to be in. Yeah, people will open the door for you. You just have to be in that position to, to let them. So just stay ready. Stay ready. All right. And the fifth and final thing you should do with your money is to spend on things you love. Yep. Don't forget that. And this weekend we went to a restaurant and Damien was like, hey, uh, can you give me a beer? And I was like, do you really need a beer? But he was like, yeah, yeah, give me a beer. And so I'm going to place the order. And as I'm walking over, he's like, oh, never mind. You, you don't have to get it for me. 
So I come back to the table and I I go ahead and order the beer for him. It's an eight dollar beer, so it's, for me that's expensive. And I get it for him. It's hard to justify. So then I come back and I'm like, Damien, why didn't you want the beer? And, and what was your reasoning, Damien? It's, it's too expensive. You know, I don't want to pay that much for a beer. And I had to remind him. Like, we budget for this. Mm -hmm. This is included in our plan. We budget so that we can go out to eat, so that we can have a drink, have dessert, whatever it is that we want. It's included in that budget. So if you want to have a beer, if it happens to cost $8, it's okay. It's okay because we we have the funds for it. We're not overspending. And life is not just about saving. Yeah, you have to live that balanced life. We have to be balanced. Yeah. And so part of that is just enjoying the journey along the way. Yeah. Take that vacation. Treat yourself to a nice dinner. Exactly. Yeah. Don't lose yourself in your journey. You don't want to get lost. No. You want to make sure that you are enjoying the journey, not just depriving yourself of things you want. Yeah. You want to save. Yes. You want to invest. Yes. But you also want to take care of yourself today as well. So as a, as a recap, these are the five things that we think you should do with your money. You should build a fully funded emergency fund. That's that three to six months. You should strive to have multiple streams of income. You should have a plan. And by that, we mean you should budget and know your budget. And you should have, you should have an investment plan or strategy and you should have a will. You should also have an updated resume. And last but not least, you should spend on the things you love. All right. Thank you for tuning in today. If you want to know more about how to create a budget or an emergency fund, then you can visit our website at blackandbrownmakegreen.com. And for today's show notes and other related links, you can visit blackandbrownmakegreen.com slash 006. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend, join us for the next one, and let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green.